Wonderful to be with you today. I was thinking about, uh, I have one older brother, and um, when I was somewhere in high school, he graduated high school and went off to Bible college, and from that point forward, he and I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time together, still haven't. Now it's um, uh, rare that we get to spend time together, but I was remembering back one holiday season, um, I think we had just visited there, and his family was there as well, and uh, we broke out the Super Nintendo, which we put many miles on as children, and my parents saved it, so uh, that that Christmas break, I think we played more Ken Griffey Jr. baseball than we had in, in the last probably 15, 20 years combined, so... Um, but I say that because you are my brothers and sisters, and I'm thankful for you. Uh, you no, no matter what, and I apologize if you don't like it, um, but no matter what, you will always be my brothers and sisters. And whether I get to visit you frequently, uh, weekly, however often it is, or if it is the Lord's will that we don't get to see each other very often. Um, it's him that, that knits us together. And so I'm thankful for that. I, I, I appreciate all the time that, that we have been able to spend together and, and how much of that time we've been able to spend has been in the presence of the Lord. It's, I'm thankful for that and I'm grateful for that. I know that the Lord's going to continue to do great things through Life Church. And I'm thankful that we all get to be a part of that. I'll tell you just one quick story. Um, I've been mostly in Union Gap for the last month or so, Sundays and, and Tuesdays when they do their midweek services. Um, a couple of weeks ago on a Tuesday night, uh, our family was there and Bishop happened to be there. And um, commonly the 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 services that I'm there. Brother Johnson has had me speak. Um, but I, knowing that Bishop was going to be there, I, I just I thought I could get out of it by saying, hey, you'll be there. Why don't you plan or whatever if you want, you know, how you can subtly try to plant those seeds. And his response was, you know me. <laughs> uh, so um, le- all the way up through that Tuesday uh, through work and, and as I was getting ready to leave for work, I was just thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be the one speaking tonight. Uh, I don't know what if I am, what it is I'm supposed to say. And um, just kind of running through these things in my mind as I'm packing up stuff and getting ready to leave work. And the Lord, he, he said something to me that I almost found uh, scary slash comical because he said, why don't you just try confessing some? And I was thinking, okay, I don't know where, what that means or, or it's just like right now you want me to stop and, and or you want me to like, like preach about that or what is what's that supposed to be but uh he just kind of put that in my spirit and then that night bishop was the one that ended up speaking in in union gap and he he talked almost exclusively about confession and what it what it means and how good it is for you to to do those things and and i i just got to say I knew all this was coming before the rest of you because the Lord put that in my spirit. But there's a verse, it's Romans 8, 16. It says, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. His spirit and my spirit. If his spirit's bearing witness with my spirit, what that means is we're saying the same thing. One one uh, term that you might hear is to corroborate. That's kind of a legal term. And what this means is there's evidence presented, and then there's two sides or two stories. And do those two stories corroborate? Do they agree with this evidence? Or are they saying two different things? I'll give you a very quick example of this. How many fingers am I holding up right now? 
I say two. What do you all say? You know this, right? Okay. How many fingers am I holding up right now? You all don't know. I wasn't even holding up a finger. I was doing this. But what they say, because they saw it, and what you say because you didn't see it, are not the same thing. Those, therefore, they're not corroborating. They're not agreeing. Now, what it is that that, that scripture in Romans 8.16 8, says, the agreement part of it is that we are the children of God. That's what his spirit says. So, the question really to me is, what is my spirit saying? If he says it, I want it to be true. I know it's true because it's what he says. So am I in agreement with the fact that I am his child? This is how, to me, I'll just be, be personal for a minute. This is how I know that I have the Holy Ghost. Yes, I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Yes, I spoke in tongues with the initial sign of, or received the Holy Ghost with the initial sign of speaking in tongues. And I've done all those things. In fact, I first did it, I think I was seven years old. Uh, so I, rather than go back to the calendar and, and try to remember exactly what happened when I was seven, I get to use this scripture and say, His spirit and my spirit. They're in agreement. They're saying the same thing. Now, I, I get to take that, that knowledge because it's a biblical principle, and I get to apply it across the board. When I'm feeling something in my spirit, is his spirit bearing witness with that? Is it in agreement with that? It should be. It ought to be. If not, 10 times out of 10, I, I'm the one with the problem, not him. His spirit bears witness with my spirit. Amen. Elder Hart. Amen. I want to bear witness, don't you? I encourage you, get with Brother Zario. You can go listen to that ministry that Brother Flowers is talking about by he and Bishop on confession. His rich ministry, not confession in the way that you and I often think of the word, but what he's talking about. Confession being the expression of our faith agreeing with God. We should do more of that. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to dismiss teachers to their classroom today. Pray the Lord's great grace be on them. They're off and running. Kids were getting nervous, I could tell. It's good to have you in the house of the Lord today. Thank you for being here. Pray you had a blessed Christmas. Amen. I did. Not because of what was under the tree. Uh, all my family was there. It's good to have my wife and kids around me and a fire burning in the fireplace. It was warm, even if it did smell like smoke. Atmosphere. good I'm thankful today I have much to be thankful for much to be thankful for and I don't mean things praise God Amen. I'm going to dismiss our children today praise God just a couple of reminders um The um, some will be reminders, some will be first mentioned, and we'll get it also out to you next Sunday, the fifth of January. Uh, we will be uh, setting aside a time somewhere along the journey in that service uh, to recognize the Lord's body and blood. We will be taking of communion next Sunday. Um, so I, I tell you that in advance. Um, I think it's important to let the Spirit of the Lord search our heart and be repentant 
tender as we do that. The Lord ministers in great ways during those times. In my experience, uh, when we approach it, uh, as you know, we don't have a tradition of doing that. Um, we're not interested in tradition. Uh, we're interested in what the Lord would do through it. So I'm letting you know that it will be next Sunday the 5th. Um, also, following that Sunday, the whole week following, uh, we've mentioned to you that Monday through Friday, um, we will be having a week set aside for prayer and fasting. And what that looks like for each of you, uh, we're not trying to dictate that. Uh, I'd invite you and encourage you to fast that week together with us. If for you, you're like, man, that's crazy. Uh, this is new to me. Try fasting sun up to sundown every day for that week or uh, do those things. Uh, this is the word that the Lord has spoken to me about that week. I don't know that I've ever used this before, but it's what I feel in my spirit is it's a week of consecration. A week of consecration. Um, if you look in Scripture, um, when you look at consecration, it was a setting apart for a work that the Lord would do. And I believe where we are in time is critical. And I believe there's a calling of the Lord for the church like never before to be set apart for what He will do. Amen? And I'm not talking about outward appearance. I'm talking about the inner man, our soul, our spirit being available to him for what he would do with us, in us, and through us for his glory. And so uh, we may talk more about that next week as the Lord would lead, but know that. Then also, I know we usually don't give announcements, but I feel this is important to share these things. Uh, the 17th. That's a Friday night and Saturday morning, the 18th. Uh, we are planning to have an evening and a morning of time for our uh, young adults, young single adults. Let me say that. I'm a young adult, but I'm not single. But I'll, uh, I don't know if you guys are laughing at me or Mariah really thinks that's funny for some reason. But um, anyway, for if you're 17. And up, and you're a single adult, we're inviting you to set aside that time. And uh, more information and details will follow. And then finally, uh, the last Saturday of the month, I think it's the last one, the 25th. Is that right, Brother Flowers? Thank you. Uh, the last Saturday of the month, the 25th, uh, at 6 p.m., uh, we will, there will be a, installation service in Union Gap for the flowers and if your schedule can allow it it would be important for you to be there if your schedule doesn't allow it it would be important for you to look at your schedule and see if you can change it and be there uh, it will be an important time amen praise God praise God would you grab your Bible with me today I I do not feel like I'll be long, but somebody said, a preacher says that, you're in trouble. Um, I promise you I'll be no longer than the Holy Ghost would allow. I do have a word from the Lord in my spirit this morning. I don't say that lightly or casually. I don't know that I've ever taught this before in my life. But the Lord began dealing with me early this morning. And I don't know if this is for a single individual or for many of you. Um, but would you pray with me and ask the Lord to reach into our spirit by his word the way he wants to? Would you be willing to be vulnerable that way today before him and ask him to do that and give him permission to work in your heart and your spirit the way he wants to. Jesus, it's certain today that we can do absolutely nothing without you. But with you, I know all things are possible. I thank you for your word today. Your word is already anointed. 
I ask you in your great grace and mercies to reach into our spirit today as you desire. To speak to us, Father, according to your plan. I pray the rhema of God here this morning to do in us and with us and through us what you desire, that the will of God would be accomplished in the earth as it already is in heaven. We trust you, we worship you, we adore you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. The book of Jeremiah, chapter number 8. When I was a child... Every once in a while, we would go back home. Home was Arkansas. If you hear a little bit of a twang in my voice, that's where that's from. And we would be on the, my grandparents had a, had a 40-acre farm. Um, it was mostly a place for the cows. It's not like they farmed it. They cut hay and fed the cows and my grandfather worked outside of the farm, but they had a 40-acre farm. And uh, my sister and I would run around outside periodically, and she's 18 months older than I. And beside their house, uh, the driveway came up to the front of the house, and then it went around the side into the back of the house where there was also a shed and a garage and went out into the barnyard. And this dirt this dirt driveway that went past the house on the other side of the driveway. I'm, try, I'm trying to let you see this picture with me. The house is here and the dirt driveway here. And then sitting here on this side of the driveway, there was a tree. And there was a fence that on the other side of the fence was pasture. And that tree, I, I'm sure it wasn't as big as it seemed when we were kids, you know. But there it was. And one day, I we were out there playing and my sister picked up a rock and the rock was probably I don't know I would guess probably about half the size of this Kleenex box give or take just a tad um, so a, a decent sized rock about like so and it was it was white with sort of reddish rust color in it where it had been in red dirt and clay. And so that sort of gotten, you know, it wasn't a perfectly smooth rock. It was more jagged and it was sort of a whitish milky gray with these. I remember this rock vividly in my mind and you'll understand why here in a minute. And so she, she picked up this rock and we would often climb in this tree because it, I don't know now, you know, perspective changes. So how tall it was then, I'm not sure in my mind. It was about like right here. There was this, the tree came up and the trunk sort of split out like this just a little bit. And so it was a great tree for climbing. You could just step right in there, grab on, and so boost each other into that space and then go from there. And so my sister took this rock and, and put it right there in that split in the tree where the trunk Sat the rock there. Got that picture in your mind? And uh, I, I, I hadn't thought about this for years. I was talking to the Lord this morning, and, and my mind went back to that tree and that rock. Sort of strange. And there we were, and we would still climb the tree, but the rock stayed there. We'd step on the rock, and, and we grew, the tree grew, and the rock remained. My grandmother never removed that rock because, like I mentioned earlier, we were a military family, so we were always traveling. We didn't come home much, and... But when we would come home, that rock was still there. And so my grandmother didn't remove it because she knew that my sister had placed it there. And so that was special to her. So it was sort of her reminder. She would look and see that rock. She could see it from the window of the living room in their house. And the rock remained. And the tree grew. It was an interesting thing. The tree began to grow around the rock. 
to the point where it began wrapping up to where now you could not remove the rock if you wanted to. You could still see it, but I mean, you weren't just going to take it out or push it out. You might be able to get a sledgehammer and hammer it a few times and then bust it out, but it, it, it stayed there. Through the years of my life, we'd go back and the tree continued to grow. I remember there were power lines that ran out over the top of it. The tree got to the power line. The rock disappeared. I, I mean, it, it didn't like poof, disappear. The tree kept growing to the point where the tree enveloped the rock. And the trunk became big enough that the rock disappeared inside of the trunk of the tree. You could tell it was there, though, because that place in the trunk, there was a bulge there. Just a little bit where the trunk came up. And somebody that would walk by wouldn't know. They might think it was a place where a limb had got cut off. And then, but my sister and I always knew. We always knew. I know why that's there. There's a rock there. I remember thinking, Brother Joel, as I was older, you know, if ever, anybody ever decided to cut down that tree? <laughs> I mean, it's not really funny, but it is. I, I thought if anybody ever, you know, if, if they ever got a, if they did it the old-fashioned way with a, with a chopping axe, they'd really be in for a, a rude awakening. But if they got a chainsaw, I don't know, that'd be a pretty rude awakening too, huh, Brother Carlos? I, I imagine if they took a chainsaw and started into that tree, they'd know if that rock was there pretty soon. Sometimes what you don't know and what you can't see can be pretty damaging to others, even if it seems like it's hid. But I, I remember that rock there. The tree grew. The rock remained. And it seemed like everything's good. tree's not there anymore sort of sad to me I mean not like sad but to me it was you know sort of a nostalgic thing for me it's not there anymore farm's still there house is still there driveway's still there pasture's still there the fence is still there that's why I like going back home it hasn't changed but the tree's gone. You know why the tree's gone? The tree died. The tree died. They don't know why. After all those years, it died. I don't know what effect that rock had on it. The bark was never the same there as it was on the rest of the tree. There where the rock was. There it was always scarred and it was harder. You know, everywhere else you could grab bark and peel it. Not there. It was just, it changed the whole look of that tree. And I, I wonder what part it played somewhere along the way in the death of that tree. Something that got there that was so hard wasn't designed to be a part, but rather than remove it when it was removable, it was left there. And it began changing the entire structure over time. I've been thinking a lot about that rock this morning. Watch the word of the Lord in Jeremiah chapter 8. Verse number 22. This is a place in Scripture that we quote portions of or point to at times. And the Lord has really spoken to me about it this morning. Is there no balm in Gilead? The Lord is asking this question through the prophet Jeremiah. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? 
The Lord is asking this question rhetorically of the people of Israel. He's trying to get them to answer it. Why then? And of course the answer is, yes, there's a balm in Gilead. Yes, there's a physician there. And so then the Lord asks the question, Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? That's a fair question, isn't it? I won't take all the time, but I think it's important to have some context this morning. If you read Jeremiah chapter 8, or if you read Jeremiah chapter 1 all the way through verse 8, you understand that Israel was in a not-so-good place. Israel had allowed themselves to be captured and taken into some things that were not God's intent, but because of what they had done and choices they had made, these things became a part of their life. And so they needed the Lord to do a work, but Israel was trying to figure it out on their own and they were dealing with things in their life and the Lord sent Jeremiah the prophet to speak to some things and try to help and bring healing and correction because he loved them, cared for them, had a plan for their lives. And so Jeremiah is declaring these things of the Lord and addressing where the life of the children of Israel are and and. Israel at some point in some ways it would seem that they're feeling like there's no hope and they're questioning what do we do, how can we fix it, why doesn't this change, where's God in all of this, why am I in this place that I'm in and nothing's happening and, and the Lord is trying to open their eyes to see their condition and their situation and get them to turn their eyes back to Him and off of their situation because He's the solution. And the question is posed by God through the prophet. Is there not a balm in Gilead? You're looking for answers. You're trying to find a solution. You're trying to bring a fix to your life and your circumstance and your situation. You're wondering, what's it going to take to change where we are? This is where Israel was. It's where some of you may be. And it would... You know, sometimes we, we wish, I don't know if wish is the right word, we look for or hope for some long, detailed, all the stuff from God about all this stuff that needs to fix this, do this, change this, adjust this, tweak this. And the Lord just has a simple response. Is there not a balm in Gilead? You mean... You mean What is he asking, Jeremiah? That doesn't even make sense. No, the Lord was pointing the children of Israel back to him. He was pointing them back to him. You say, well, what happened? In the midst of their life, they had lost sight of him. Now, I don't think they'd quit doing their prayers. I don't think they'd quit all of their religious routine, but somehow they'd lost sight of Him. And He was declaring to them, there is a balm in Gilead. There is a physician there. The healing you need, the hope you need, it still exists. It hasn't disappeared because your life went a direction that I didn't plan for it. It's still there. There's still hope there. There's still answers there. There's still solutions there. But the answers, the solutions are not what you think. They're what it's always been. It's Him. You see, is it there's something grander? I don't have something grander. Is there anything grander than Him? He is the balm in Gilead. Now, this is a powerful truth of the Word of God. I've never seen this before, but the Lord in His great mercies and grace showed me something here today. Watch this. The Lord in His wisdom and the way only He can was speaking to the people to try to get them to change from where they were so that He could heal them. He was wanting to heal them. This was God's plan. He was wanting to bring a change. And so he chooses through the prophet Jeremiah to ask them a question that the only answer to is yes. But the words he chooses 
also speaks to children of Israel and where they are, not only who God is. Because watch what he does. Is there no balm in Gilead? The first thing he was wanting them to do was acknowledge him. But I believe the second thing he was wanting them to do was consider where they were. Would you pray with me? Before we go just a bit further here, would you pray right now? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you are the healer. You are the healer. You are the great physician. We trust in and wait on you, Father. And where you're reaching and how you're desiring to work, I trust in you today. Jesus, we worship you and acknowledge you this morning and yield to you in Jesus' name. Anybody ever been to Gilead? No, me neither. Okay. I've read about it. Let me tell you about Gilead. Gilead is a rocky mountain region. Matter of fact, the word Gilead can be interpreted hard, rocky region. Is there no balm in the hard, rocky place? Now, stay with me just a few minutes longer, please. You know what balm is? Ointment, salve. This time of year, I think about lip balm. I don't know where you're, right? Gives moisture to things that are dry. Balm. Everybody's licking their lips now. I'm amazed. The utterance of God. That through Jeremiah he would choose these words. Because you know what the word balm means here? It's a crack. Especially one that has come under pressure. That would allow for things to leak through or leak in a crack. This could be literally how it would read without changing the context of this verse at all. Is there no crack or break? That has come from this pressure. That would allow something to leak in. In the hard and rocky place. And what I said about the Lord would do the miraculous if we would allow him. Humanity's an interesting lot, aren't we? When we get hurt, if it's a physical cut, it may bleed. We'll put a Band-Aid on it or wipe it off or, I don't know, maybe this is bad. When I was younger, if I'd cut myself or something and start bleeding, I'd just, like if it was on my hand, I'd just suck on it until it stopped. I figured it was my own blood. It couldn't hurt me. 
I thought I was putting it back in, you know. I don't know. Don't let it go. But you leave it, you know, to sort of scab over. In our own lives, if we've been hurt, those things can happen and it can sort of grow over. And I was reading this and I don't know why the Lord took me back to that rock in that tree that I was telling you about here this morning. I had a thought I'd never had before. If we would have just removed that rock after we were done playing, would that tree still be there today? I don't know. Balm in the scripture here. Balm is a place, we we like to think of it, I, I like to think of it as, oh, this nice soothing ointment, right? Like if I've got a cut or a hurt, I want something to come and soothe, right? That's not this word. That's not this word. I can't make it say that. I tried. I mean, I didn't try. I looked and dug and tried to find something. There was nothing that said that about this word. This word is a crack, a break, one that can come under pressure. You know what the Lord was saying? He was speaking to their life. They were wanting answers and they were wanting out of where they were. They, they didn't plan to be where they were. They had just ended up there by a series of choices. And, but the Lord was still reaching to them. And, but the blindness that had come to them because of their choices, they were looking back to where they'd come from. And they were saying, how did we get here? And they were pointing to God. And God said, hey, you got yourself there, but I can get you out. But here's how. All these things that are pressing on you that you're trying to get to stop, I'm using them to break you. I'm using them to try to bring a crack in the hard places of your heart. I'm using them to try to break up that hard and rocky region so then I can get into what you're protecting. Then I can get into that place you're guarding. Then I can get in there and work the way I want to. That's what balm does in this scripture. The balm brings pressure and the pressure is to destroy us the pressure is to crack and break us so that the hardened places of our life become open for his spirit to reach in and heal why does he do it this way I don't know he's God I'm not but this is his design and his desire when he gets you and I to a place of brokenness I see how fragile I am I see how incapable I am I see how I cannot do it or produce it in my own effort and so my only response is this God, I need you. Yes, there's a bomb in Gilead. Yes, you are the great physician. Yes, you can change my life. Self-help books have not helped us. I'll say that again. Self-help books have not helped us. You know why? Because we can't help ourselves. We need a Savior. We need a Deliverer. We need a Healer. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying if you've ever read a self-help book, you didn't get something that maybe gave you some. But you understand the point. The writer said it this way. I will look to the hills. You know, Gilead was in the mountains. I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. 
self-help books, self-help videos, motivational speakers. What they've done is they've caused our world, especially in North America, they've caused us to look to our own ways to solve our issues. And what we've done is we've become humanistic. Man, I didn't plan on this today. If I get my life in order and things are good, then everything's okay. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Unless I'm in pure, right, abiding relationship with God, my life is not okay. I don't care what it looks like on the outside. I don't care what's projected to everybody else. My only hope, my only help is in Him. He is the balm in Gilead. He is the great physician. And I do not care what you're dealing with or facing. Physical, financial, marital, marital, home. It doesn't matter. Your answer is found in Him. He is still the balm in Gilead. He is still the great physician. He is still the answer. It's why the Apostle Paul could say with a certainty, I preach nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Why would he say that? Is it there's something else you can find in this book? No. Everything in this book points to Him. Everything in the Scripture in the Old Testament points to Christ. Everything in the New Testament reveals Christ. Everything in the book is about Him. Why is it the more mature we get in the kingdom of God, we start thinking there must be some greater, deeper revelation I can get than knowing Him? Please, someone, here today, Is your problem too big for God? Is your circumstance beyond the reach and the ability of God? Is God incapable of changing that situation that seems unchangeable to you? The answer is no, no, and again, no. God is able. He is not only able, He is well able. I hear the Lord crying out to Israel. Is there no balm in Gilead? Has your bondage caused you to forget who I am? Has your circumstances caused you to lose sight of what I'm capable of? Has your current situation caused you to lose hope in a God that cannot fail? There is. We need the brokenness that comes from that bomb. It's an interesting thing that the Hebrew word, which usually isn't a very descriptive language at all, that the Hebrew word would identify that crack as specifically one that could allow things to leak through. identifies it as something allowing something to leak through so the crack has a purpose the pressure the bomb the breaking has a purpose i would submit to you that it's twofold number 1 that it allows that which is infected to come out i don't want to be graphic and gross this morning but you'll get the picture You ever had a a place in your hand or on your body where you got hurt and it sort of closed back up, but it got infected? And sort of started swelling, right? Maybe because, I'm not trying to be gross or graphic, but got pus or something in it. And what did you do? You would lance it, right? Or you'd cut it or poke it. What were you doing? You were breaking the surface so that that which was in there that was not good could come out. That's the first thing that needs to happen. 
And so the Lord, the balm, the balm brings pressure to crack and break, not to hurt us, to heal us. This is what the balm in Gilead does. He heals us. People say, if he loves me, why? I'll tell you why. Because he loves you. This is why he brings these things. And so what does he do when that when that breaking comes, when that crack comes in the hard, rocky place, when I finally am willing to say, God, yes, this place in my life's hardened. Do what you got to do. Bring what you need to break it open in me. And I'm allowing him access there. And the balm of Gilead begins to fill that place. I want to let him keep filling until it pushes out everything else that shouldn't be there. To where I'm filled with him. I'm filled with him. There are some of you today, I don't, I, just in my spirit, there are some of you today, I'd say all of us somewhere along the journey, we're human. We have allowed rocky, hardened places in our life. Certain areas, certain things. Understand today, this is not the Lord I... As he's dealing with me, I don't see it as he's not trying to come in harsh and brutal. And he's trying to say, I'd like to heal there. I'd like to reach in there if you'll let me. You, you thought that what you had built up was a place of, well, this is just how I protect. And this is how I just take care of everybody. This is so that. And the Lord is saying, all this pressure you've been feeling, if you're feeling pressure, this probably applies to you. These things or circumstances that would bring pressure in your life, it would be the work of the balm. The pressure is designed to crack the hardened surface so that healing can get in. And the work of God can take place. It is the love of God working on your behalf. I share this today because it's something we all have awareness of. Um, I choose my words carefully because they're not able to be here today. But we have... We have watched Brother Reuben, Sister Vanessa, and Sammy and Sarah go through a season as they've navigated what the Lord is doing in their home and their family. As Sammy has navigated this situation and just going through surgery at seven years old and undergoing this and the strain and all that that takes place on parents through a process like that. And watching your boy in a wheelchair but still seeing the joy on his face and hearing the and I'm not, I'm not saying this in pity or sorrow today please don't misunderstand me or add to this story uh, but we've watched this and I've I've wondered I, I, and I've had this conversation with them I, I've wondered and talked to the Lord about it why what what's but I can also say through this process and at where they are presently, I've had the privilege of spending time with each of them. And I've watched, and Brother Lewis can attest to this as father and father-in-law. I've watched how the Lord has used all of this and what he's been doing. And Brother Reuben and Sister Vanessa, I, I, I told Brother Reuben this myself. I said, man, I would have never chosen this way if it would have been up to me. I, would have, I couldn't see all this, but... 
God in his infinite wisdom and in his love, he says, is he punishing somebody? Heavens, no. Not punishing anybody. He's being glorified. And his work is being done. And his plan is being fulfilled. What is that? I don't know. He does. That's his business. He is the balm in Gilead. Would you stand with me this morning? I do believe that the Lord would like to minister healing in some lives today. Healing. I don't know what healing you need. He knows that. Perhaps you know that. I believe he would like to heal today. Whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, or some or all of the above. I believe he would like to do that today. He can do that today. He can reach into your home from the confines of this gathering here today, he can reach to your home and begin to do the miraculous. There is a balm in Gilead. He can reach into your family and begin to do the miraculous. There is a balm in Gilead. He can reach to that lost loved one and turn that hardened heart there is a balm in Gilead I'm going to keep saying it until you receive it in your spirit there is a balm in Gilead Would you be willing to let him in? There is a great physician. He's not gone anywhere. He's not abandoned or left. But there is a balm. It's a breaking to to allow a crack to come so the healing virtue of God can reach. You understand, if, if the breaking, if the circumstances of life don't bring a breaking there, then then that which is meant to heal just touches the surface and flows over and you may feel good for a moment but soon as that washes over and it's gone you feel the same way and you're wondering why nothing's changed I'll tell you why nothing's changed because the stone has stayed there and you haven't allowed the circumstance to bring a breaking that lets the balm reach in and bring healing there is a balm in Gilead you're saying you're telling me everything will change I'm not telling you that but I'm telling you he can heal you he can heal your heart he can heal your life he can heal your perspective so that even if circumstances never change you walk in peace you walk in joy you walk in overcoming victory given by the name and the authority of Jesus Christ there is a balm in Gilead I'm opening this altar to you If you're waiting on me, please don't wait. Would you respond to him? If there's anything that's spoken into your spirit that says, I need that healing balm in my life, would you step out from where you are today? Would you be willing to do that? Come on, there's no judgment here. There's no criticisms here. There is a God that is here that's reaching. And he's giving you and I opportunity to respond. He's giving you opportunity today. Come on, don't let the hardness remain there. 
that tree that I told you about, the rock remained and everything seemed fine, but somewhere along the way, the tree was removed because it died. It died, and you may don't allow the fact that, well, I'm still coming to church, and I'm still doing this, and I'm still doing that, so everything's okay. Don't allow that to let hardness remain in your heart and your spirit. Would you be willing today to reach and respond to him? Come on, this altar is open to you. This altar is open to you. And the great physician is here in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's a place of healing, a place of deliverance, a place of breaking up the stony ground. Jesus, I open my spirit to you. I open my heart to you. Reach in and work and heal as only you can. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Saints of God, be sensitive to the spirit of God today.
Feel the spirit of the Lord reaching in this place. 
Can we just lift him up right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> He's here. Come on. He's here to restore. That's what he does. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, you are faithful, Lord. You are faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah for what you've done here today, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your love and your restoration, Father. I thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're all dismissed in his name.